Aloha, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show, and I'm joined with a very, very special guest. He is our DC correspondent. This is, of course, Ryan, uh, excuse me, John Fitzpatrick. I almost said Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's not Ryan. It's John, and he's a part of Rugby Morning. How the hell are you? I get mistaken for Ryan Fitzpatrick all the time. Harvard educated <laughs> NFL quarterback. That's right. you know, I get yeah. it. I get, yeah. it. I get it. It's the beard, right? It's that's what it is. Yeah, for sure. You know, we just sprinkle Fitz magic wherever we go. Amen. I think I was mixing up the R in Rugby Morning and then your name. So sorry about that. It's late at night, guys. It's a Saturday. I've already had one beer, so I'm a little bit lit. So uh, how's everything going with Rugby Morning? Let's start with that. Good. Man, we're going good. I want to appreciate the flexibility. I know I was supposed to come on Thursday, but uh, there was some stuff that I had to change on my side. And uh, you know, it's funny, you, you, you know, you said Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's a good thing you said Fitzpatrick because I get called Fitzgerald mm. all the time. It's like, come I've, on, folks. When I first met you, I wanted to do that, but I, I think I've gotten over that hump where I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. So there we go. Fitz, Fitz works just fine. Fitz is good, right? Fitzy, Fitzy. is just a classic. <clears throat> I'm, I'm surprised you're not a Boston guy with that with that last name. Fitzy, Sully, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, you and my metalhead brother Bill Baker have a little show on X. Tell us about that. That's right. Um, it's funny. I'm looking at a poster that uh, Bill just sent me of all the graphics he put together this past year. Cool. Yeah, U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. We I think we did 70 some shows. Um, wow. Uh, in, in 2023, um, and some of those were um, some shows that we did. <laughs> Most of the time, it's at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and essentially what we do is. It's an hour long sometimes if we have two guests on the first half hour, with one guest, the next half hour with the second guest. And, you know, with it being on X or Twitter spaces, people can jump on and, and ask their questions. We did have one guy uh, crash it early on and was asking people for money. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was wild. I don't remember <laughs> that one. I don't I don't think yeah, I was on that one. Forget who we were talking to. And I think it was in the early days of, of spaces and people, the guy just jumped on and yeah it's incredible was he a nigerian prince by chance or just a regular old rugby fan no i sent him 50 million u.s dollars i hope uh, <laughs> i get a nice prize out of it <laughs> oh my gosh so good so good you're also of course on the rugby wrap-up with known free jacks hater matt, uh, matt mccarthy how's that going uh, i'm on there just so i can make fun of matt mccarthy that's that's my aim each that would and every be my angle as well to be honest to with crack you. a joke about matt mccarthy each and Love every it. week no i enjoy doing it look matt's as you know he's an og and he's yeah. he he likes to and, and that's why i love coming on this show there's a fun give and take because you got to have the fun banter and he's an og right he's been doing yes. it for 15 20 some years um yes. so i honored that he asked me to be on the show to do that little silly segment at the beginning so mm -hmm. and he always gets mad at me because i always have to you know change times up on him but uh you know it's it's been fun to do and it's just crazy the amount of uh people that that watch the show you know yes. and, and, and everyone else that i think the more shows we have the better right because 100 percent you got to find your own personality, a person you follow. And, you know, Absolutely. there's more than enough content, more than enough space for everyone to go out here and, and, and pursue their passion. Absolutely. It used to be sparse, but now it's, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of content out there for sure. And, and it, there's something for everybody out there. You know, one of the strengths of the Jacks Ranger show is we have multiple personalities. It's not just me. I do all of the behind the scenes stuff, but we've got multiple guys that come on with different yeah. perspectives, different angles on stuff. So I, I think that's one of our strengths for sure. We always we have a little bit of something for everybody. If you don't like yeah, the bullying banter, you know, uh, yeah. what, what was that? You guys are like a mob. 
Exactly. Yeah, we're like the, we're like the uh, New England mob. Exactly. That's a perfect <laughs> way to describe it. Who, Bozo- who's the gangster again? Uh, why am I blanking on his name? From Boston. Uh, um, oh, uh, Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. We're like his crew. Yep. Bozo's definitely the hitman. Bozo's the real psycho in this whole thing. A hundred percent. Yep. Bozo's the guy that comes with the metal bat and takes people out if the comments get to. Yep. Yeah. He's a real soldier. He's a real soldier <laughs> in the background. You don't want to me- with with Bozo showing up, you don't want that to happen. That's that's a real it's a that's gonna be a bad day for somebody. He picked on that one the Utah Warriors fan. I felt bad for him because that guy's nice on Twitter. But Bozo yeah. went off on Well, you know, he started it. So Bozo finished it. That, that's Bozo. That's one of his special talents. If somebody else starts it, he'll finish it. That's, that's how we love Bozo around here. Let's talk about recent developments in MLR because that's kind of what you do uh, with your shows as you talk about MLR and USA Rugby. So it, non-Free Jacks related, but not DC related either. But my hometown of Charlotte, woo, North Carolina, baby, is getting an MLR funded, uh, World Rugby funded rather, uh, team and they're joining the league this year. Let me repeat that: they are joining in 2024. Everybody's in like two or three weeks. <laughs> it's a training camp start. Yeah, like we're kicking off in like seven weeks from now with the season, and there's yeah. a new team joining. So everybody's like, "What is happening? How is this possible?" All everything. It's been a wacky off season. You know, we've lost two franchises due to you know folding. We've got a new one coming in. We've got LA with their terrible. We'll get into that a little bit later on, I'm sure. But Charlotte is coming out of nowhere with uh, with World Rugby money being thrown at them for a develop development of USA specific players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm super excited about. It. Obviously, you know that's my hometown. Um, but I know it, for a lot of people out there, they've already booked trips based on the official official schedule that came out recently. That's going to have to be changed. I feel bad for those people, but you know it, we're getting to twelve teams. We're getting our conferences back, which everybody seemed to enjoy. Uh, it's a it's a good financial thing for a lot of the teams in terms of travel. You know, playing those teams uh, that are closer rather. So what I mean, what's your overall thoughts on it? Yeah, I guess a couple of things. One, I think the mission, the aim makes a lot of sense, right? With yeah. uh, the the fact that we missed the Rugby World Cup. We, the U.S. Men's Eagles, missed the Rugby World Cup in 2023. Mm-hmm. They got to start qualifying <clears throat> for the 2027 World Cup or hosting in 31, right? All stuff that yeah. we know. We all know that World Rugby has um, maybe taken a risk, right, by by – awarding the u.s to host the rugby world cup in 31 and the women's in 33 yep that they are doing everything possible to make sure that 2031 mm-hmm. not only is a success for the men's eagle and i think success means just the men's eagles get into the quarterfinals which has never 100%. happened before so that means we yeah. got to get out of the pool so we got to win multiple games mm-hmm. but also it needs to be a financial success because World Rugby, all those Rugby World Cups account for, I don't have the, the quite the number, but it's 80 to 5 to like 90% of World Rugby's revenue comes from these Rugby World Cups. So like wow. they have to do well because, you know, if you're primarily your your largest revenue generator is an event that happens every four years, you got to make sure that mm-hmm. thing is a success, right? Japan yes. was an absolute success, Yes. right? So U.S., it needs to be, you know, it needs to be um, <clears throat> a success. So mm-hmm. Does that mean that I think it helps if U.S. has a good showing there, right? So, hundred percent. All that leads to I think the mission makes sense, right? I think just the 
the timing of everything just is so funky. The rollout is funky, right? And again, mm-hmm. it hasn't officially rolled out yet. You know, I know yep. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News has, Our boy. Yep. has put stuff out. And, yep. uh, you know, I think it was um, MLR Weekly and um, Matt McCarthy who, who first maybe quote unquote broke the news but Mm -hmm. given everything that happened in the offseason right with toronto folding and then new york coming out of the blue even though i guess we we should have seen the signs Mm -hmm. um and knowing that you know we were waiting around for this la team to be announced and their branding and we'll talk about the flaccid uh response to that that was a joke by the way um (laughs) good one uh, but but um yeah, if if these conversations, right, had to be happening for a while, right, between mm. USA Rugby and MLR, and I don't know, I'm not privy to some of the stuff. I hear some of these things, but I can't imagine it was like, okay, LA announced, and then World Rugby picked up the phone and said, hey, MLR, how about we get the USA <laughs> Hawks involved? Like, I don't feel like those conversations just happen, right? So if those conversations started months ago, mm-hmm. why couldn't there be a more coordinated rollout? Right, because the schedule came out, and now we have to go back and and rework it. Right, so did this come what, together so quickly in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, or were these I, conversations taking place, and what caused there to be such a delay in the rollout? Because this this should be exciting news. Like it is. I was yeah. talking with actually with AKP about this on Glorious Rugby podcast about how there there should be some similar idea, and I'll go back and find the the podcast episode. But mm-hmm. in my mind, I think it makes complete sense. Yeah, it I does. just think the, this rollout has 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 been funky, and now it is. Everyone's yeah. talking about how it's been botched before it's even come out, and we're not talking about mm-hmm. the excitement of hey, we're giving yeah. an opportunity for these young domestic players who going to have a good chance of representing the men's eagles in 27 yeah. and 31 an opportunity to play some real high performance quality competition mm-hmm. so yeah it's very interesting you know it, it, it is very wacky I, I think this offseason is the best way to describe it. it is wacky with what has taken place and it's not great timing you know the the schedule was released a while back and i'm sure a lot of people made a lot of travel plans i know kenny our buddy colonel kenny is he had booked eight flights and eight hotels to go see the free jacks all across the country wow. some of that unfortunately is gonna have to be changed and i hate that for him and there's a lot of people out there that were excited about this schedule being released and now that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go back and do the show uh our segments again the way too early ones about the the schedule predictions you know that's really the most important thing here it's not about people you know being upset about travel plans it's really all about the show having to redo this unfortunately no just kidding on that but yeah man other than that other than that huge thing that we just talked about you know how, how frustrating it is and how wacky it is it's super cool uh, from my perspective, I, I talked to my family about it. I'm just uh, over the moon. I can't wait to get down there to see the Free Jacks play in Charlotte, my hometown. I cut my teeth at Charlotte Rugby Club, old originals. Um, you know, that's where I picked up my first ball uh, playing rugby, like 30 miles west of Charlotte. I'm a Carolina boy that just happens to be, you know, an adopted son of New England. So, you know, it's just I'm just so over the moon for it. I'm just absolutely thrilled. It's so cool. I, I've always wanted this to happen with with Charlotte. And uh, to see it come to fruition is super, super awesome. Obviously, I'm going to be a Free Jacks fan until I die. I'm getting a Free Jacks tattoo because I said I would, and they won the championship. We'll get into that later on, beating your (laughs) D.C. team in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, But, yeah, man, just super excited for those folks down there. There's a lot of great rugby fans in the Charlotte area that are going to be so thrilled about this, and I'm happy for them. What I find most interesting, and um, this is just reading the article that Brian Ray put out a couple Mm -hmm. hours ago, is that – 
how heavily involved the men's Eagles head coach, Scott Lawrence will be in this. And I'm sorry, I should say interim head coach. Cause they haven't right. named him the full-time head coach yet. Mm-hmm. Is, is he back in MLR now? Right. Is, is, is he going to be the full-time head coach or as Brian or whoever wrote the article, Paul Tate also was part of it there at America's rugby news, but will Scott Lawrence give um, coaching duties to his assistant? Right. But Hey, I mean, it's, it, it's really seems like Scott Lawrence is really putting his imprint on, on this program. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for, it because again, there's so many interesting storylines uh, going into the season. I wrote down like five or six before I even mm-hmm. got to this, yeah. uh, this one that, uh, I mean, it's just, it's wacky it, again, startup league and teams yeah. are going to come and go. Right. And mm-hmm. we all know that any startup league here in the U S is going to be hard it's going to be hard, right? It's going to take yeah. a lot of money, a lot of people losing money, and particularly yep. as it relates to rugby, because the sports having some issues around the world. So, yes, I, I, I know there's some naysayers, but I'm excited to see this come together. And same, um, yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, let's move over to the turmoil that took place with Toronto and New York folding. I, you know, I've, that has been talked about until people are blue in the face. So we're not going to get too depressive about yeah. that. The, my main focus of this is, you know, the D.C. ownership came out, and you just recently posted that again on Twitter for me to look at, uh, making a bold claim of being the most commercially successful club in MLR. I think a lot of people raise their eyebrows at that. Can you break down the claim and give us a better understanding of their position with regard to that? Okay. Why would you say it's bold? First of all, I I just don't, I don't quite see it. I mean, I've been to the venues. You guys have had what, like three venues since you've been in MLR. I mean, there wasn't a lot of fans when I were there, but we're talking about commercial success. So I think what they're really getting at is that area of the country has the most concentration of wealth. Very interesting that the U.S. capital would have the most concentration of wealth, but that's a different show. Um, but I think that's where they're getting at, right? They're talking about sponsorship success. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, look, I don't think they're talking about um, ticket sales, ticket sales and concessions yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. At home games, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think Old Glory DC has a lot of work to do there. I'm not going to beat around the bush on that. Yeah. But yeah, I think from a commercial partnership standpoint, sponsorships, look, mm-hmm. I don't think Old Glory DC would put something out. Their owners would put out a statement like that, that, um, you know, I think s- someone said that's nonsense, right? I got to imagine all of the owners probably have monthly, maybe even weekly board meetings where they're mm-hmm. reviewing numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So for for a club to put out that claim without backing it up, you know, you know New England or any other club could easily refute that statement and right. no club has come out and said that. And I don't think they necessarily would because you don't want owners bickering publicly with each other. That would be silly, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure they're comparing uh, revenue numbers as it relates to sponsorship. So I'm, you know, I'm sure that's probably what they are alluding to and not necessarily right. ticket sales and concessions. So yep. yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that good for them. Obviously, sponsorship is a, is a, a part of the revenue process, of course, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they have some work to do with regard to, you know, stabilizing a, a venue for multiple years and, and getting people in the seats. Well, so. well, if you looked further into that statement, so yes, they are moving to the Maryland Soccerplex, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is still outside of the Bellway. It is in Maryland on the other side of the river from Virginia. Yep. Uh, is it clone any closer to DC than um, out there in Loudoun County? Not quite, but it's a little more 
uh, metro accessible, uh, mm -hmm. public transportation mm -hmm. for anyone who's going to be taking, say, the red line, going all the way out on the red line. From there, it's much easier to get like a Lyft or an Uber or a cab in about 15 minutes from there. I think it's an easier drive to 70. You don't have to, you know, if you're coming from Maryland. But in that statement, which I thought was the most revealing and very interesting, it was actually kind of buried in there. Uh, the owners really uh, basically said they're having conversations about mm -hmm. building a new venue or being yes. part of the new venue that's being yep. built within the Beltway. So that's what mm -hmm. I think I'm most excited about. And not to get into too much the geographic region of D.C., but I think a lot of people would, would clamor for a stadium to be actually in the district. And there are a couple yep. of places where you could do it. One, uh, RFK Stadium where you know the Redskins used to play and where when the, when the baseball came back to Washington where the Nationals first played before they got a stadium. That stadium, mm -hmm. RFK Stadium, is still there. Yep. Historic stadium. Run down, though. Dilapidated, right? yeah. 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 Huge footprint. Mm -hmm. Metro, right? There's a metro line there. There's 295 to get in and out of the city is right there. You could easily rebuild a, a stadium there or a couple of different things. There's some auxiliary fields there where there's some youth sports. That's an, an area. If they go into Virginia, you could still stay in the Beltway. I don't know if you heard, but the Washington Capitals and the Washington Wizards and the Washington Mystics I did hear might about be that. leaving. Yeah. Might be leaving DC and they're looking at a parcel of land that's right by um, Reagan Airport or DCA, where okay. there could be talks of multiple venues, an entertainment district that they would like to build. You could you could build like a maybe a 20, 25,000 seat stadium and also do some concert series and things like that and football mm -hmm. games. So like there are pockets, but ideally it's in DC. So that was uh, what I was most um, excited about. And look, I think long-term, It'd be great for every single major league rugby club to have their own rugby specific stadium. And I think that's the goal, yeah. right? That's what MLS did eventually. Yeah. And a lot of those teams got it. So look, if, if old glory is publicly saying, Hey, put it out there. I'm all for it. Like, yeah, yeah. Put it out there and let's make Good it happen. for them. Good for them. I'll end on that note. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> let's rewind back to ABLR 2023. What are your overall impressions of your old glory DC's season? Yeah, I think um, you you got to be happy if you're an Oakland DC fan, right? They made the playoffs. Yes, yeah. they didn't have a winning record. You know, they had seven wins. There was that one draw, and they had eight losses. Mm -hmm. But they were a competitive bunch. They made the playoffs. They went up yep. and faced uh, the New York team that's no longer in existence, but beat them there. You know, mm -hmm. on the road to to notch their first playoff victory, and of course, coming up short against uh, your New England Free Jacks in the Eastern Conference Final. But you know, across the board, uh, a far more competitive bunch. I think there were still some issues that um, Old Glory experienced, and, and that was, you know, they teams could score on them, right? Mm -hmm. yep. They were a bend but don't break type of, of defense, and I think there were areas where they got exploited out on the wing primarily. Um, I think a lack of size, um, inability to kind of contest the aerial game were some issues that they had in 2023 that I think they've addressed in the offseason that I'm extremely excited about. They've lost a couple players. They've got some new exciting players coming back. I'm actually really disappointed and sad that my old, that my boy, my uh, second favorite Canadian, Kyle Bailey, is now in New England. Of all the places, uh, yes. he, so he had to go to New England. So, Kyle, if you're listening to this, man, I'm really disappointed. But I'm still a tear for you in some regard. 
Well, he's joining a great organization with by the New England Free Jacks, current champions, by the way. And, and you know, we had him on the show, and we talked to TK in episode 100. I'm not sure if you caught this, but he was going to sign with the Free Jacks, and he wasn't medically – they didn't pass him medically to sign. So yeah. he signed for DC and said, incredible story that nobody knew about until we broke it on the show. Very, very cool, interesting backstory leading into this season because, you know, let's face it, this is going to be the biggest rivalry for both of these teams. I think that's fair to say, right? Like – we already knew that these teams didn't like each other. I think our this show's color scheme thieves back and forth online that kind of helps with the whole process. But now that New York doesn't exist, like this is in my mind, this is the real rivalry to watch between uh, the New England Free Jacks and, and DC. Um, it was heated on the pitch uh, last year for sure. Obviously, Free Jacks winning all of those games. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm super excited to see what takes place in this rivalry. You know, obviously we need you guys to win a couple of games to make it more interesting, but we'll see how that goes. Um, head coach Scott Sims, or excuse me, Josh Sims, uh, announced before the end of the season that he was out of there and headed mm-hmm. off to Italy after turning things around there in DC. Talk about how he was so successful in you know taking this team that was not very good the previous year and getting them into a playoff spot, and then a winning a playoff game, which a lot of people were not expecting to take place. And of course, uh, talk about his uh, success or what excites you about Simon Cross coming over. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that first part. Um, yeah, Josh Sims came in and great one year for, for Old Glory DC. Mm-hmm. And I think immediately, immediately it was, you know, defensively, they, they had some adjustments that they were trying to make. They got, if the year before you talked about it, they got dumped on mm-hmm. practically by everybody. And there yep. was an improvement uh, defensively. They're never really truly out of even some of the games that they lost, minus that um, perhaps the San Diego Legion game um, mm-hmm. earlier in the season. But, you know, they were a bend, don't break team, right? And I, I think what was interesting about what they did was that uh, – Depth was a, was a key concern for Old Glory DC. You know, we, I talked about this before, you know, 55, 60 minute or so when, you know, they had to roll on some subs. You could, you noticed that there was a lack of, of talent and they tried to skirt around that a little bit. I think what Josh Sims ultimately did well when Old Glory DC did well was that they tried to establish a little bit more of an identity of who they were and their playing style, right? And maybe even this, this, belief in themselves that they weren't just a doormat in the Eastern conference, like some of the other foes were, and they started to build on, on some wins and, and look that second part of the season there, when it came down to, Hey, these are some must win games. They won the games that they had to win. They went down and they beat Nolical. They had to win that game. They beat the Utah warriors. They had to win that game to keep their playoff um, hopes alive mm-hmm. second last game of the season against houston was a game that they did not need to win and if you saw the roster that they trotted out they essentially put on you know i, I hate to say the b-side but they put they rested some, oh, some starters okay. because they had an important yep. match the following week at home against rugby atl that they had to win to get in the playoffs and they won those strategy games. Yep. the games that they had to win late in the season i think mm-hmm. they showed that they were battle tested for it what was interesting about that houston match is that um and you've talked to You've praised uh, scrum half Danny Tusatala. He has started every single game in Old Glory DC history minus Incredible. one. And that was the Houston game. And he did come on as a reserve, but he's played in every single game for That's Old awesome. Glory DC, which is just, which is, which is really awesome, right? Yeah, it um, is. And, and it's funny because Old Glory now has brought on like two or three 
uh, other scrum halves to battle out potentially for that second spot, maybe challenge Danny for that first spot, or maybe just mm. kind of keep them fresh later in the season for a longer yeah. playoff run. But uh, what do they call that in the NBA? I can't the the oh shoot I can't remember the name but like it's like you know you're you're resting guys essentially yeah. for the back half of the season yep yeah yeah um, so yeah load Justin, management is that it Something load management like yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. The, okay that's the term yeah, there we go which is so funny but yeah Josh Tim's you know great and you know he went on and got a different another job in in Italy and now Simon crosses in and I think that just shows the the connection again Scottish Rugby Union has um. Mm-hmm. You know, they're part of the partnership with Old Glory DC, Simon Cross coming out of that Scottish Rugby Union. You know, U20s coached there. You know, he's coached in the URC. You know, he was the Dragons defense coach for three or four years, mm-hmm. which is great, right? That, you know, you know, you can score a lot of points, but if you're giving up a ton as well, you're just going to be tough to win games. And there's that old adage, you know, you win games, but defense wins championships or whatever that thing goes. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I, I think in the couple of moves that they've made, particularly, you know, in the back three beefing up uh, on the wings, I think bigger, more physical wings, wings that also can challenge in the air. Like I loved Penny Lasanga for Old Glory last year, but he was a smaller guy, but shifty and fast. And yeah, if he found open space, he was going to score, um, but not the great, not the best in, in the aerial game. And a couple of players that they picked up, Alex Muller, I'm really excited about Damian. Hoyland, he's a Scottish guy, a rugby guy. A couple of those players okay. I'm really excited uh, to see. But I think what I've most enjoyed about Simon Cross is um, if you follow Old Glory DC on Twitter, um, Simon Cross has really jumped right into the youth rugby scene around here, nice. hosting rugby clinics, working with kids in high school and the Pathway program. So it's, you know, he's not just focused on Old Glory DC, the senior awesome. team, but he's trying to get into the community and, Good. and help. I, I just get, I get a sense that he just loves the game, right? And, you know, and just slinging the ball around. So that's been really cool to see. That's awesome. Yeah, super excited to see what DC will be able to do in 2024. Uh, I did want to mention that Ben Sima is the assistant coach on staff there. I looked that up on the website. I I know he was always, uh, at least the past couple of years, he's been involved, but they are officially have him as an assistant coach on the website there. I think he's one to watch for sure in the future with head coaching Mm -hmm. gigs in MLR. You know, one thing that often gets overlooked at MLR is the lack of American head coaches. It's absolutely necessary for the the development of the game in this country. Eventually, that need that number needs to increase. You know, I love Scott Matthew to death. I love all of our you know the foreign coaches that we have involved in the Free Jacks, past and present. But we have to develop the American coaches for future years uh, for the sustainability of this league, this American league uh, that we're all a part of here. Um, DC didn't have a single draft pick, John, in the collegiate draft. Why is DC abandoning young North American talent? Well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, If you recall, the year before they had um, they had four or five draft picks, uh, and they spent all of those. And one of them was also a a trade. Um, It's funny. I I had a feeling you were going to bring that up. Exactly. I uh, I did like uh, New England's draft um, this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I gave them a. I always grade everyone's drafts, and uh, Old Glory DC got an NA because obviously they did not have a draft pick this year. Again, they traded a few last year. uh, for a couple of young picks that uh, Mike Ware, you know, he resigned oh, for Oklahoma City. He was a draft yep. pick. Excited yep. about that. Kelly Martinez, yep. young prop. They've resigned him. He's coming back. 
Um, they had to, uh, they Jack, they drafted Jack Manzo. He was a hooker at a cow, but I mean, he didn't sign with them. So O'Glory had to trade to get Koi Koi Nelligan, um, oh. a hooker that San Diego Legion had drafted and Koi Koi has been, been playing, um, a little bit for O'Glory. So yeah, unfortunately they didn't have a draft pick, uh, this year, but let me go back. Yeah. New England's draft here. I gave him an A minus. Oh, yeah. okay. Hey, that's a passing yeah. grade where I come from partner. Yep. minus is great man yeah, <laughs> absolutely um you know i was just kind of kidding on that 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 particular question because i know that you know free jacks haters love to throw in uh, the lack of american players in our face mm-hmm. but it's, you know the success speaks for itself and we do have some pretty good american players by the way uh picked up a really good one caleb geiger uh from yes. the you know the unfortunate situation that's who i wanted Oh, glory to get I, in the player dispersal draft. I bet so. Yeah, a lot of yeah. lot of talent, a lot of potential talent in that guy for sure. Uh, DC did participate in the New York and Toronto dispersal draft. Who did uh, Washington pick up? So yeah, they they got they got two guys. One John Powers, a, a wing um, from uh, New York. That um, hey, again, more competition uh, on the wing. A little surprising that we went. Um, at the wing, I was hoping we would. I was hoping we would go, um, you know, kind of in the lock and the flanker position. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was uh, not to be, um, which is too bad. But it was funny because if you look at what else they did, um, a lot of I loved how a lot of the the MLR teams they selected players, but then those players that actually didn't end up sign with them. So if you notice with Old Glory, they also picked up another wing, Ishmael Shabazz, who they did not yes. select in the player dispersal draft, but who they ended up acquiring mm-hmm. the rights to from Miami. So that was interesting. Yep. And then they also got, um, I like this pick up a lot, but Charlie Overton, a young lock who was drafted in the collegiate draft by Miami. Oh, uh, I believe out of life. Like he's okay. six, five or so, but right. um, getting younger at the lock position, I think um, is good for old glory. So I'm happy about that pickup, but that, that was a player that old glory did not select in the player dispersal draft. I mean, the other player that they selected in the draft was a scrum half, uh, Connor Buckley. Uh, yes. Yep. From New York. Uh, New York. Yep. So they picked up two. Um, yeah. Again, I think more competition in, in at the scrum half position. They picked up, a, they signed a couple of guys in the off season. Ethan McVeigh, uh, former American Raptors scrum half is also Oglory signed him earlier in the off season. So right now mm-hmm. they got about three or four scrum halves competing there. So either okay. competing for the number two job, potentially, you know, load management for Danny Tusatala. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Love it, man. Uh, DC being good is great for this rivalry uh, between the Free Jacks. It, it makes it a little bit more interesting. You know, we don't sure. have we don't want to have teams in this league that are just you know doormats. That's something that we don't want to see. You know, I think um, George Killebrew mentioned this when he was commissioner. He, he wants every team to be eight and eight, right? Like you're in the hunt. You know, everybody's. You know, obviously that cannot happen, but you want to yeah. have you know teams that are competitive always. Um, amongst themselves that makes things a lot more interesting for sure every team in mlr experiences departures so i wanted you to kind of go over any key departures for the thieves that you can share with us at this point yeah i think there's 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 three or four and one it's not quite confirmed but he's pretty much much gone fly up tito diaz bonilla who i thought okay was, uh, him and grady uh, grady boyd the 
or bowed, depending on you hear his last name pronounced two different ways. So I just call mm-hmm. him Grady. Um, Canadian international. He and Tito kind of switch back and forth. Some would one time one game one would be fly half, the other would be the fullback, but they mm-hmm. were interchangeable, and I thought they worked well together. It doesn't look like Tito Diaz Bonilla is coming back, oh, but. Wow. They're brought back Jason Robertson. Now, I don't know if you remember oh, yes. Jason oh, of course, from a few yeah. years ago. He was a key but, departure for you guys a while back, man. He was good. Very good. Smaller player, but very good. Great off the tee. Great distributor. Back in the COVID year when Old Glory came came flying out of the gate, they were playing really well. Robertson was was moving that ball around really well as a key part of that um, attack. They brought him back. Uh, so that's awesome. really cool to see, you know, yeah. hopefully to rekindle some of that magic from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tito is gone. Um, another player prop Romero Herrera, who big, massive dude, your yep. international just didn't, he didn't really see the field very much in the second half of, of, of last year. And I think that maybe it just wasn't a fit. Speaking of it, not being a fit, <laughs> One of his first games with Old Glory DC, they did not have a jersey big enough for him. Apparently, he was like a six XL, so they had to Jeez. stitch two jerseys together. Yeah, that's insane, man. I so wow. Yeah, Romero Herrero not coming back. Um, yeah, and they just well, I mean, we talked about Kyle Bailey. I liked Kyle Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I did hear that podcast about how um, Old Glory, I guess, took a chance on him because you know New England didn't medically right. clear him. But when that's he right. came on, veteran presence. Just, you know, and he's, he had some big moments for Old Glory in the second half of the season. I would even say their second half MVP had a big long run for a try. Yeah. He, I think he got a yellow card in his first two minutes in the game. He knocked, um, God, the Utah Warriors prop flat on his butt. He didn't mean to, <laughs> but um, he got he got carded on that one. He's an enforcer, man. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's, he's great. Fantastic. We've, had, we've interviewed him on the show already. He's one of yeah. those pickups for the Free Jacks that I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he can do on the pitch. You know, just a, a, a natural leader as well, just an enforcer out there. He's one of the, the biggest targets that you can have in terms of the line-out throws yeah. and – you know, he, he really commands uh, that mall from the line out. So super he plays big. The mean up. streak that you need Hell from yeah. someone in the engine room. Like Hell you need yeah. a crusty dude who, who doesn't back down from people and plays on that edge a little bit. Right. So good for you guys. Sad for, for, for Oglory DC. And, and Marcos Young is, is a new player who, who just got picked up by Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from the Miami area. He's a, he's a young center wing who who had some flashes for old glory dc last year mm-hmm. um but i think old glory's had some picked up some good players and that i'm sure you're going to ask about in a little bit so i'll hold yes, off sir. until then yeah well you know speak of the devil i mean we're going to talk about some of these new players right now what new signings and retain players for the the other team in red white and blue should the rangers be aware of yeah i mean i think uh tomaso boni right the um the center USA capped now coming over. He played well for the men's Eagles uh, during those, those internationals, you know, those three, you know, those warm up matches for the teams yeah. that qualified for the River World Cup. Yeah. yeah. He had a couple of good games. Uh, I think he scored a brace in, in, in a couple of the games excited uh, for him to pair up in the centers with William Talataina, who's one of my favorite players. Mm-hmm. He's a back who sometimes plays like a flanker. He, he hits hard. He doesn't back down from people. He talks a lot of trash to people out there. And I love it because he gets <laughs> into people's heads. Yeah, there yeah. was a game. There was a game against last year against Utah where um, I can't remember who scored, but 
uh, Willie T was coming up behind and the Utah scrum half tried to make the tackle and couldn't mm-hmm. was trying to get up out of the completely out of the play now. And Willie T comes up and just absolutely after the tribe score, just completely pushes him over for no reason at all. <laughs> Utah scrum half is like, why? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Like, why did you do that? Right. You know, little things like that, like insignificant, but I'm like, okay, I like that Willie T pushing people around. So that was funny. Um, we talked about Jason Robertson, fly half coming in. Excited about that. Yeah. Um, uh, the Ogoy picked up Tyler Rowland. A, a okay. Um, yep. You may remember him, former Toronto Arrows. Oh, I think oh, a yeah. Canadian international tight head prop there. So mm-hmm. um, yep. an area that Ogoy always needs help with. You know, in in, in the front five, you got to have those mm-hmm. for sure. Hundred percent. We talked a little bit about the scrum halves that they brought on. The wing that I'm most excited about is probably Alex Moeller, who's a former Puma 7 star. He's oh. He's got some skills. Yeah, nice. I'm excited for him. He's I think he's going to make some noise for Oglory on the wing. Um, addition, other, other additions in the back three. Uh, Damian Hoyland, he's a former, I think, Scotland international. He's still got some legs on, hmm. on him. He'll be fun. He's joined by a block rob harley who, who's come over another scottish guy so you know those are some fun pickups uh, for old glory dc new players and we talked about charlie overton yes um but yeah they've got a couple other players sprinkled in there but um i think are showing a couple of things depth uh, which is which is key, key competition yeah. at lock there and then also just upgrading the back three um which uh was sorely needed because I think we there's outside of Junior Sal who was not coming back on um, mm-hmm. their rampaging winger who's he was good know, he, he might be coming back but it seems like he's gonna stay with the Keeley Cougars that rugby league team mm. over in the UK I know he he can he can split time where when that season ends he'll jump back over but it doesn't seem like he's coming back so we'll see there mm-hmm. but outside of that I mean Penelosango was. You know, it was kind of a smaller back, and then they had some local talent, John Rizzo, who I like, and who's coming back. Um, he'll be there. Mike DeBoulos is he's coming back again from another knee injury. He's in capped men's eagle, mm-hmm. fullback fly half, so there's some flexibility there. We'll see where he ends up. More likely probably fullback since Robertson probably has the fly half and Grady has that locked down. But yep. you know, we'll see. So you know. Exciting times ahead for DC, for sure. I mean, what we're talking about here, you've already mentioned it, is depth. And that's something that they haven't had in previous years. You know, when the Free Jacks would play you guys, it would be competitive for most of it. And then, like, the last 20 minutes, you could kind of see the depth of the Free Jacks kind of taking over just a little bit and and getting us over the line. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these matchups come up uh, in, in 2024 here with uh, DC focusing on depth and trying to get better in those areas for sure. Um, will you be making the trip up? Now, obviously, the schedule with Charlotte joining so late, the schedule is going to be different, I guess. Uh, so we'll have to see about that. Uh, it was going to be March the 9th. Uh, it was going to be this madhouse of an environment for the first home game for the Free Jacks, possible blizzard. I always say that every single year. One year we almost had it. Um, the, the next year was just sideways rain, but there will be a blizzard at Fort Quincy for the first game at some point, I'm sure. But are, are you going to be making the trip up uh, to Fort Quincy when your DC Thieves play us at Fort Quincy? Well, if the schedule stays the way it does, and I doubt it, uh, yeah. 
Oh, glory. They start all on the road the first two weeks. So they're at NOLA and then they go to New England before they host their first okay. home game week three against Miami. Yep. Uh, and then they have Utah again right after that. Um, man, I would love for Oglory DC to, to spoil New England's home <laughs> opener, probably when you guys receive some like championship rings or something like that, for Oglory yep. to go up there and just punch you guys in the mouth, for me to mm-hmm. hand deliver the St. Patrick's Day jersey right to you. Oh, yeah. Probably yep. get some, some grief some from New England fans up there. Big time. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I never want to say no. I haven't been up there yet. I this know. could be the time to do it. I mean, so. there's other MLR correspondents that have made the journey, the pilgrimage to the Great Fort Quincy, and you're, and you're yet to be one of those. So you've got to make it at some point, man. You should so. you should just start. You know, you've already done it before. You've had successful GoFundMe donations. Get a GoFundMe <laughs> page for a first class flight uh-huh. from DC to Boston, so I can right. stay at the four seat. Be pampered, you know. Just you know. The, the lifestyle that I'm accustomed to. I'll look into it. In the How nation's capital. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to throw out a date for you here. April the 25th, 2021 was the last the last time. time Old Glory DC beat New England. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, mighty yeah. New England Free Jacks. That's the last yes. time that you guys beat. And it really is the birth of this show. The Free Jacks put in such a terrible performance that I was <laughs> on uh, the Facebook group just like, lighten them up a little bit like oh this isn't free jacks rugby and then i was like well i should just start a show so that loss by the free jacks created the biggest thorn in the side of, of dc which is kind of interesting uh when you think of it that about the biggest thorn in the side but you know you're welcome that old glory dc you know but, but we returned the favor because it was funny last year you were talking on Twitter about is there an official like Old Glory DC fan podcast? And then mm. Alistair Kirschpool, who I co-host Glorious Rugby yeah. with, sent me a note and he was like, hey, you want to do a podcast together because of Phil? I'm like, yeah, hell, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. So we actually mentioned you. Uh, we we recorded and released our first episode in 2024. I think it came, I think AKP finally got around to editing it. We switched mm. back and forth. But we credit you for being the reason why Glorious Rugby Podcast started. Incredible. Come full circle. So DC's podcast is created because of me, and Seattle's podcast has been created because of me. So I'm just out here. I'm like Johnny Appleseed, man. I'm just planting seeds everywhere, bro. Like, you know, what what more do you want me to do for this Community Impact Award? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what else could I do? Anyway. (laughs) Um. Let's see here. What is your official? Now, last year, if you recall, you had had a couple schlitz. Uh, it was like over Thanksgiving, and and you were you were yeah, talking big about ten and six, um, yeah. almost. You know, you got made a went to the playoffs. I said they would make the playoffs. They did. They did. They did indeed. Uh, so you were definitely looking at the crystal ball, and it wasn't blurry at that time. But I want your official way too early win-loss prediction for your DC color scheme thieves in 2024. Well, yeah, it's interesting because right, the schedule could change now. That's right? true. So am I basing it off the, the schedule that's currently out there, knowing that this, that's that all schedule you can will do, change? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got the schedule up, and I was, I, I was slightly – prepared for this question because i'm looking here wait a minute the, the schedule that hasn't been released or the one that has been released the one that has been released okay so i'm thinking where would they slot in the usa hawks here assuming that is the, the charlotte team hawks North yes charlotte the, hawks the, the that's great right. charlotte north carolina team that's coming uh, into the league my divided loyalties <laughs> i hope we talk about the la logo in a second here because oh right i just, I just, I just i'll get to the, i'll get to, I'll, I'll release my i'm gonna go with 10 and 6 again I'm going to stick wow. with that. I think 
I think the team will be improved. What's interesting, I think, looking at the schedule, I mean, it's a tough schedule because everyone's going to have a tough schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Two teams coming out. Uh, I think every roster, even though they are probably at 90 95% already full or have just been mm-hmm. reinforced with the some of the better players from those New York and Toronto squads. And they all, yep. both those squads had good players. I mean, New York made the playoffs. No doubt. Last year. I'm, I know you wanted Lucas Rumble, and that didn't happen. Sure Chicago. did. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep, I did. Chicago snatched him up. Dylan Fawcett goes to Chicago. Unreal. Yeah. They're going to be so good. Yeah. Well, let's see if they can They're put good. it together, right? I mean, but they've got some good players, for sure. 100%. 100%. My unofficial <clears throat> preseason, and this schedule could change. Yeah, I'll go 10-6. and six. Okay. I like it. I like it. I love this optimistic streak that all of our I feel like all of our correspondents always say that their team's going to do so well and why wouldn't you right uh, hope uh, breeds hope springs eternal in the offseason yes. is the actual quote um so yeah man and, and we're still in the offseason we're in the technically in the preseason at this point so everybody's hopes and dreams are really really attainable and they're just right there you got one hand on the shield and you're trying to grab it with the other one so it, this is kind of a fun time to do all this sort of stuff. But I want to talk about L.A. before we get you out of here. And I did want to give a shout out to our boy who's watching. Oh, Bo- Bozo's just blowing up the chat. Here's the problem, guys, is I've got my questions that cover the chat. And I can barely see John's face for the most part, uh, which is probably for the best. But, um, you know, I can't I, I don't see the, um, the the questions here. Let me see here. Oh, OK, this is this must be the person that uh, hits you up on X talk asking for money. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, what else we got here? Oh yeah. Here we go. Ranger James live from the plane to London. Huzzah makes the flight fly by. Thank you for checking in here, James on a plane right now. That's awesome. And Bozo has entered the chat. DC makes the playoffs out in the first round. I think that's a, a, a fairly good take. Uh, you can braid that Carolina waterfall again. There you go. DC goes nine and seven, which is very respectable, man. Like nine know, and seven will probably make the playoffs this year. Of course it would. If we're still sticking with that Mickey Mouse eight teams make the playoffs, come on, man. Yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen with that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think six is really the ideal amount at this point in the league's history. If you want to expand to like 20 teams, I can see eight being a real you know, legitimate thing. But right now that is so crazy. I understand you're trying to drive ticket sales for those playoff games and that sort of stuff. But come on, man, like eight out of 11 and that maybe eight out of 12. That's just too many teams in the playoffs. That first round is going to stink up the 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 TVs that people are watching it's just going to be probably unwatchable. This isn't March Madness, guys. Like, come on. Um, anywho, uh, so uh, LA is a team again, and they came out with their logo. And when I saw it, I, you know, I heard that the announcement was happening, and I heard that I would be able to have a field day with with the logo, um, and I did. And I still will. And I've got another one coming out soon. It's the LA Dickheads is their name. And I'm going to continue to use that forever. Um, Yeah. What's your thoughts? First and foremost, let me just say this. The name is way too, they played it way too safe. It's, it's a mouthful. It's difficult to say, you know, here, here's where Charlotte got it right. All right. Charlotte Hawks. Charlotte is the area that you represent. I, I could I, I would be okay with Carolina because you're incorporating both states and it's right on the border. I would prefer that. But if you want to say Charlotte, Charlotte, fine, fine. Hawks, this is an animal. This is your spirit animal. This is your mascot. Let's just go with that, please. All of this other nonsense, get it out of here. It doesn't work, by the way. Look at Atlanta. Look at New York. 
those teams don't exist anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's certainly part of it. American fans, what are we getting behind? What's what's our mascot? Who are we? Right? Am I wrong on this? No, I think I think you're 100% right. Um I think it was a missed opportunity. And I I guess you it's and I was kind of surprised by it because from what I know about the ownership group behind rugby football club Los Angeles is they're the owners of the Tel Aviv Heat right in the rugby Europe or super cup over there. And they seem like real seasoned operators, right? Like they've run a successful team. I think the Tel Aviv heat actually may have won a competition recently. Right. So like mm-hmm. they're seasoned operators. They, they, it looks like they know what they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So coming into the league, they made their capital call. Right. So everyone's feels happy about that. Happy. They put yep. up the money. You're following, you're following a team, the LA Guiltinis, love them or hate them. They crushed it when it came to social media. Like that mm. was a fun team to, to follow on social because the mm-hmm. players had fun. The branding was definitely LA, the glitz, the glamour, the pink, the blue, and the yeah. white. Like they played up to that. And you have to do that in a market like Los Angeles where there's just so much going on and so mm-hmm. many other things that you got to try and get some attention. It just yeah. feels like RFC LA is a missed opportunity. And I'm not saying they had to go necessarily the LA Giltini's route. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I want to give them a pass on like trying to reach back into the roots of, of California and Southern California. But I had no idea that the oak. Nobody knew that. Was, Nobody knew was, that. You know, like yeah. you think LA, you think palm tree, right? That's the tree yeah. that I think of or wave or I felt like they could have leaned into that a little bit like yeah. Miami leaned into Miami yeah. heat, you know, yeah. like the, Why they leaned you, into man? that. I, I mean, exactly. that is, that's where yeah. the, the, the fans that are coming through, you want to honor them, the people that live in that area, honor them in that way to, to do it is the way that they did it is so soulless. And I understand like Giltinis is an embarrassment as a name. It's dumb. Uh, you know, their social media was on point, but the name was an embarrassment. It's, it's stupid. So I understand why they would want to avoid that route, but the way that they went, it, they played it way too safe, man, way too yeah. safe. I think, I think it was two seasons. You bring up a good point. Like what's the mascot that you're rallying around. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, RFC LA and rugby ATL is too much like trying to bring like European, the sports that doesn't really yeah. quite work. This is right? our and, own American experience of rugby. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I was disappointed by that. I think I missed opportunity, 100%. Uh, but, but again, I think, I think the folks who, who run that organization are seasoned rug operators. I think they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think they missed the mark here on this one. And yeah. unfortunately you and others have taken that logo and absolutely run with it. It's I've got another one actually, coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the, on the most recent episode of MLR weekly at the very end of my little segment, we were talking about the logo and mm-hmm it dawned on me that the logo kind of resembles um, the head of Matt McCarthy. <laughs> so I said, I thought Matt McCarthy's head was the inspiration for the, I can RFC see it. Logo. I can but, see it for sure. That's, you that's know, I totally awesome. forgot, man. I forgot to put on my old glory DC. You know, there you go. Beanie here. Completely forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Sit next to me. There you go. I mean, Big brother, little brother. Look at this. We got our red, white, and blue on. Look at this. This is beautiful. Um, let's see. Final thoughts here in terms of any closing thoughts for the Rangers out there, the hardcore Free Jacks fans. What do you have to say to them? Well, there's one thing I want to – we haven't really talked so much about – we did talk a little bit about the schedule, but I think mm-hmm. what's going to be interesting about all these teams is at the end of the season when we've got that 
funky break, right? We've got the last regular yeah. season game scheduled for June 29th. The quarterfinals are supposed to be July 6th and 7th. That could change. We'll see. Then there's that two-week break, right, because of the July internationals. You've got the semifinals taking place July 26th, 27th, and then the next week is, is the championship on, on August 3rd, which will be hosted by Snapdragons at Snapdragon Stadium. The Legion could be there. Yeah. Um, but the teams that have <clears throat> a number of, U- of USA men's eagles on it at the end of the season there, those men's eagles players are going to join that USA camp. Right. And there's a number of squads. Old Glory DC, I think, has about at least five Eagles that are capped Eagles or in the pool. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of the season, how teams Mm -hmm. manage this. Right. Because if all of a sudden you're going to lose three or four of some of your top players at the most pivotal time in the season, I mean, that, you know, and then you're counting on those players not getting injured. Right. right in in those games and there's going to be a camp right you're not just going to go right into the games there's going to probably be at least a two-week camp where those players may not be in their environment of their mlr club so mm-hmm. all of that stuff still needs to be kind of navigated and obviously we'll have to deal with it when it happens but that's going to be fascinating to see how it's going to be super awkward and, and that's that kind of goes into the depth that is going to be necessary for these teams to, especially with a lot of them, you know, depending on what squad we're talking about, if they have a couple USA Eagles, I mean, the, the Free Jacks have at least two that we know of that mm-hmm. have been selected previously. You know, you, you have to have good, solid depth um, to replace those players. And, and, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it works, man. It, it's, it's yeah. all very interesting and it's, it's all been crazy wacky. I'm just, you know, as, as uh, our buddy Dan from Merrimack, his gimmick right now is just, uh, you know, kissing the butt of MLR. Like I'm so glad that MLR exists and, you know, like, Oh, I'm so glad that they put that schedule together and all this other stuff. So, you know, but ultimately it is true. Like we should be very, very thankful that this, even exist i mean we we talked about this for years beforehand like wouldn't we love a professional rugby team uh, rugby league in the united states and and here it is and we've had our bumps in the road for sure but otherwise it's been it's been awesome uh let's be real so uh, i'm just really excited more with you absolutely yeah, yeah so yeah with that being said i've got one well word. i guess i do i do have a final question are okay. are you and the jacks rangers crew um or the first regiment crew are you guys doing the picks again we doing the picks? Yeah, man. Yeah, picks are okay. definitely still happening. John Payne is running that whole thing. He's got That's the right. spreadsheet. Uh, he's, he's calculating the numbers and punching it all in right now. So, yeah, that, that will still happen, and we will definitely post it on the show um, each good. week uh, with the results. So I'm super excited to see how that goes. Yeah, man. It's all, all, right. it's all happening. So That's perfect. It'll be yeah. – uh, um, it'll be redemption. Redemption song this year. <laughs> Great song by Bob Parley. Um, Yeah. Normally I like to keep these episodes nowadays like to 30 minutes, but it's almost impossible because I I get so excited to talk to these MLR correspondents all over the league just to see what their team's doing. And that little, the beauty is in the banter, John. And I know that you're a proponent of this. You're a big fan of that. Some of them not so much. And we'll, I'm sure we'll have that conversation when those uh, correspondents come on here. But uh, I, I appreciate that you, you like to, you know, throw a little bit of shit back and we definitely throw some shit at you, but uh, it's all in good fun and we all hope it's going to be best. fun. It's going to be, this is entertainment. It's got to be fun. Come on. This, of course. Come on. Bozo left the chat. Okay. And free Jacks fans only know DC frauds. Bozo's obsessed with calling other fan bases frauds. I don't quite understand it, but Hey man, whatever, whatever brother. Anyway, I've got one word to exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah.